This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, saving your day from boredom with the best podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Whitmer, along with fellow man child, Johnny Carlick. Grass tastes bad. Yeah, for a second I was like, does he have a catchphrase today? Did he think of one today? You had Did to he? go with a Rick one because you've got your Rick shirt on as usual. 20% correct as usual. Welcome into the Rick and Johnny podcast, your one-stop shop for movies, nerdy, superheroes. We kind of hit everything under the sun here when it comes to kind of entertainment, more so with superhero and comic entertainment. But before we get into our jam-packed show for today, got to do what we always do, got to do the housekeepings for you. Number one, if you love what you do, what we do here, if you love what you do, that's great too. But if you love what we do here at Most Valuable Podcast, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash Most Valuable Podcast, your way to help support us, help to keep these lights on, and actually turn on the heat. We we don't have the heat on right no, now. It's kind of cold here bit. in Chicago, so you can help us do that. Number two, if you're on iTunes, you have an iTunes Please go to iTunes, give the Rick and Johnny podcast five stars on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And then if you could do the same for the Onside Kick, the Primetime podcast, and the Fast Break. And the last thing of housekeeping that we have, actually two more things. Number one, we're selling MVP shirts. You want one of those. Directions down below in the description, 22 bucks a pop, and that's including shipping for an MVP t-shirt. And then last but not least, if you have not checked out mostvaluablepodcast.com, do so. It is now live because it is now 2018. That yes, went yes, live on New Year's Day this year. But, Johnny, we got a jam-packed show. We're yep. talking DC, DC, and then we're doing a little bit of Marvel. So save we the best are, for last. Save the best for last. But also... <laughs> This is our we like this is a wheelhouse. What better way to start 2018 than to hit our wheelhouse of DC and Marvel? Exactly. And what we're going to talk about today is number one, we're going to look at the DCEU as they have now a new head for the DCEU. Then we're going to look at the Batgirl movie and could Lindsay Lohan be our next our our first Barbara Gordon? And then we're going to look at Daredevil season three and kind of look at Kingpin. And could he be the only villain for that season of Daredevil coming up probably at the end of 2018? But let's start with DC. We're going to look at the main news first is that Jeff Johns and John Berg have been replaced as the head, the top of the DCEU. So what Warner Brothers has done is they've appointed it and Conjuring producer Walter Hamada as the new president of productions for DC movies. So what this means is both John Berg and Jeff Johns, they were together at the top. He is replacing both of them. The studio declared to make the change back in December in the aftermath of Justice League's underwhelming box office performance. Mm-hmm. Johns is still DC's president and creative and chief creative officer and will be involved with the cinematic franchise as an advisor to Hamada. So I'm going to ask you, Johnny, looking at this. So Hamada comes in. He's the new president of productions. John Berg is now left. I believe he now moved to the side of Warner Brothers that deals with like the Lego movies and stuff like that. John's is still on. He's still the creative chief creative officer and DC's president. I'm going to ask you. What do you think of this? Can Hamada be the guy to 
save the DCEU? How many times? I use air quotes because how many times have we said save, save the, the DCEU, DCEU in a podcast? I mean, um, I mean, it's not like they're doing terrible now. Um, Justice League wasn't that bad. I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was bad at all. There were things I would tweak. Yeah, exactly. There were that's, tweaking. That's, that's what I meant. But I think it was a lot better than BVS. Yes, which, um, I mean, Walter Hamada, um, just with us seeing it, I thought mm-hmm. it was a great movie. Yeah. And if you have, like, just... Since he's producer, he's not like director or anything. Mm-hmm. You have someone with like the idealisms and that, and I'm not saying like go with a stylism of it. I'm saying just the general quality of it altogether mm-hmm. was great. So if you have that um, general quality of it in the DCEU, and then you have Jeff Johns working with it on saying, hey, no, no, this is how the character, this character is supposed to be. No, no, mm-hmm. this is how this should go. This is how this should go. Um, then I think you're gonna have. A, a lot better of a movie than Wonder Woman was fantastic. Um, BVS was BVS. BVS was horrible. I, I know. I'm just I saying. know there's people out there that like it, but in my general, uh, my humble opinion, it was God awful and I wish it was never made. I was going <laughs> to, wow. Uh, I was just going to leave it as BVS mm-hmm. was BVS because you can take it as you want. Yeah. And I'm taking it as it should have <laughs> been never made, but go on. I digress. Uh, anyways. Um, Justice League, that's the movie I was trying to yeah. think of the name of, um, was actually not that bad. I actually mm-hmm. liked it. Um, so, I mean, getting Hamada in there and just uh, these other movies that are, I mean, hit or miss. I haven't seen a lot of them, but I know it was great. Well, from the producer side of it, and this is not the directing side, like, I the movies that he had, like, I'm looking at the producer list right now. The movies that he's produced have been movies to where... I at least remember seeing trailers for, yeah. and it was never a movie like, man, what was that one? Like Annabelle Creation, like Conjuring uh, Conjuring 2, you had Annabelle number one, 47 Ronin, you've got The Conjuring number one, um, Final Destination, Final Destination 5, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. Like These are movies to where I knew what they were, and the Friday the 13th was the 2009 yeah. adaptation of that movie. Same with the Nightmare on Elm Street. That was the 2010. 2010 one. But as a producer, I'm not like I'm not worried in the sense I get the move. I totally understand this move. Yeah. However, I am. I'm a little worried, but I'm only worried because Hamada hasn't done anything yet. But and I mean, done anything when in pertains to DC movies, because this is the first time he's going to be in the DCU. But when I say I understand this move, originally, like, if it was my call, I would lean towards Jeff Johns being the guy at the top, the Kevin Feige. He's the guy that knows comic books. He's the one that knows what these characters should be. However, there was one thing as I was doing, like, some research for this topic. Yeah. One thing that was brought up in an interview or a YouTube movie or video that I was watching, wow, I've kind of sounded really old by saying YouTube movie, no, YouTube video (laughs) that I was watching was that, yes, Jeff Johns is the guy who knows these characters through and through. They brought him on originally to say, no, this character wouldn't act like this. This is where we should go with this character. However, what I think we saw with... Justice League is Jeff Johns might not be a guy who is comfortable giving influence to a director 
on the level of Zack Snyder, on the level of Joss Whedon. Yeah. To where it might have been, and I don't know, I'm not in the room, I'm not in the behind the scenes, but it might be a little intimidating trying to give notes to a Joss Whedon who could easily say, nah, kid, get the hell out of here. Or like, nah, I'm going to go in my direction because I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. What this does, bringing in Hamada, is what this does is said, okay, this is going to be a guy that we can bring in and he could have those conversations because he's dealt with numerous directors as a producer. He could come in and go, eh, yeah, you know what? We're going to go with this direction. Like more so think of it as he's the muscle. Jeff Johns is, I don't want to put it that way because it's really taking away from Hamada. But in this sense, Hamada's the muscle. Jeff Johns is the behind. Like Jeff Johns tells Hamada, hey, you know what? I've been looking at this, thinking about this. I don't think the character should act like this. And if Mm -hmm. it's a situation where Johns couldn't go to the director or they worry about the director kind of pushing it aside, Hamada could be the one to say, yeah, you know what, as president and being the guy who's dealt with directors, he could say, you know what, this is what we're going to do. You can't push me to the side. You know, another nice thing, though, is not having Jeff Johns at the top right Mm -hmm. there. Um and I'm not saying like that as offensive to Jeff Johns or anything. Jeff Johns in Jeff Johns, I trust. Um, it's Trump from we to I, because <laughs> I trust in you, Jeff. I do, I do. <laughs> um, what I have to say is more so it's having someone that's not that super the comic book sensibility, like not fully comic book. Like I said, Walter Hamada doesn't really have any really comic book ones, mm-hmm. at least for producing wise. And look at uh, anything for. Direct, oh, he doesn't really direct. So, yeah. anyways, having him as the producer, him going, well, I'm sorry, Jeff, but we can, can you find a way to make that more translate to a movie? Because mm-hmm. not everything from the comic book translates great to movies. Yeah. So, like, you can have one thing happen in the comic book, and mm-hmm. people go, and I, I, we, even you and I have gone well to each other. Hey, well, why didn't they do this? Well, because it doesn't translate well into movies. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just many things in comic books that, yeah, they look great on paper. But they don't don't look great live action. Yeah, no, it's exactly. And <clears throat> the thing is, it might be, and I yet again, not behind the scenes here. Exactly. But this is one thing that I can guess and kind of not assume, but I'll use the word guess is maybe Jeff Johns is like, hey, I know these characters through and through. Obviously, I've written about these characters. Yeah. I've written for these characters in comics. I can use that in the writer's room. I can help when it's writing the script and coming in and writing these characters. But once they're on the screen, it's, you know, when they say things, it's like, you know what? I I get that part. But getting the perfect translation from comic book to screen, maybe a guy like Hamada can help with that. Exactly. And the thing that's most important that I think that, the reason why I focus on it as the big one is executive producer for that movie invert like in reality, all of superhero movies is doing exactly what it did. We're taking a medium that comes from books and paper and we're putting that into a movie medium. Exactly. And that's where I'm going with like, I think, I think it's a good move to put Hamada mm-hmm. at like the producer, executive producer, have Jeff Johns kind of in the wings in a sense. I'm not saying like he's like way off over here. Yeah. Have him there where it's like, 
constant, constant consultation. You mm-hmm. want to have him for, hey, how should this character act? Hey, how? what do you think about this character's design? What do you think about how this character looks? Because he writes the comics. He's also part of, I mean, he doesn't, I don't know if he actually draws them or anything. That's mm-hmm. probably someone else. But still. Yeah, no, he, Jeff Johns is usually the, he's usually the writer. Yeah, he and writes the story. And it's someone else. But he knows about the story and everything. But uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. Working that closely in the mm-hmm. comics, he should probably at least have an idea of what they look like or what yeah. he thinks they should look like. Mm-hmm. That should uh, I mean, like, play into it. Like Batman just, doesn't change drastically. No, he doesn't. Unless it's like Batman Beyond, but it's like. But we don't want another Green Lantern movie. No, we don't. And the <laughs> thing that I think about, and really the parallel is, okay, we like because it's happened before, and because we have something to compare this off of. Everyone's going to say, like, when everyone tries to find this position for DC, mm-hmm. it's always, can they find their Kevin Feige? Yeah. And the thing I want to bring up, and this is kind of a side thing off to the side of this, and I want to ask you, just came to the top of my mind. Okay. Are we putting Kevin Feige on a pedestal? Like, not saying that the MCU hasn't done a good job and hasn't developed into a very successful movie universe, but are we putting Kevin Feige on a pedestal? Because, yes, he's been the producer of, like, since the beginning of the MCU. And it wasn't until, like, what, 2010? So, what, two, three years after Iron Man? Yeah. After they said, we're doing this as a universe, they named him the president of this whole thing. But, like, I look back to movies he's done before Iron Man. Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Spider-Man 3, which you would say, not a good superhero movie. I like the trilogy. X-Men The Last Stand, Fantastic Four, Elektra, Blade Trinity, Spider-Man 2, The Punisher, Hulk, X-Men 2, Daredevil, Spider-Man. His first one was in 2000 with X-Men, where all of those movies hits. And I get that it's one of those things where he's not directing it, but it's still... Your name's on, like, if we're going to give... You let it happen? If No, not that. If Well, that's you with the Spider-Man <laughs> stuff. I don't agree. I love the Spider-Man ones. We even had comments to yeah, where I know. they disagree with you, which I love. They can disagree with all they want. They won't change my mind. However, like, I kind of feel like if we're going to praise you for the MCU and you're being a producer, I can also... I can also do the same when it's like really Electra, really Spider-Man 3, because that's the only one I didn't like. Really the you basically you let the Dark Phoenix saga happen the way it did. Yeah. I'm just throwing it out there. Spider-Man 2 as well. Part of me. Well, I'm not going to throw that. You can throw that. I can throw that one. I will throw that one. The thing that I look at is bringing it back to DC is everyone looks, oh, can they find their Kevin Feige? Really, it's. Are we putting him on a pedestal? And two, the thing that helped Kevin Feige with his situation with Marvel, A, he was already producing Marvel films. Yeah. Number two, he was already producing superhero films. So, I mean. Well, he has a nice repertoire here of superhero films, starting with mm -hmm. X-Men in 2000. Yeah. But, I mean, between that and Iron Man, they're basically pretty much, I think the only one that isn't a superhero is Blade Trinity technically isn't superhero. However, that's still Marvel. Um, and then isn't like superhero. And then Man Thing is Man Thing considered superhero? I didn't even Ooh. remember that movie from I didn't 2005. Watch it, so um, but basically, all of his movies have been superhero. So I mean, kind of to go back to the original to wrap it up. It can might Wal- be. 
Can Walter but, Hamada save the DCEU? I think the this simple is a, question or the simple answer in my mind is yes. However, it's can he can he use what he's used in the horror side and bring that over to the superhero? I hope he brings that quality over to the superhero one and makes the D make the DCEU great again. Okay, thanks, Trump. <laughs> but one thing I do want to mention: uh, you do a better Trump anyway. So make the DCEU great again. I don't know why that was a terrible Trump. Usually, I'm usually, really really usually good. I do the you really. Make the DCEU great again. I got I to gotta work on my yeah, Trump. Do. I haven't done it in a while. I do the hands really well. You do. But um, last thing I want to throw out there, and this is about Hamada, is do you think part of the reason they hired Hamada is because DC's kind of always been that one to let's go a little bit on the darker side, and let's be completely honest, horror movies are completely dark. Maybe. Um could be that because they're like I know they talked about doing a separate, um, was the Batman universe now? Yeah, the Batman family. And yeah, the Bat family. I mm-hmm. mean, if you're gonna do that, maybe that's the type of aesthetic you need to it. Well, of course, Wonder Woman. Yeah, well, Wonder Woman won't quite fit with that mm-hmm. though. Um, Flash won't definitely won't fit with that. Superman, Superman won't, and especially if we're gonna stick with the new route we went with mm-hmm. Superman. But I mean, maybe um, just yeah, not. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll pull his aesthetic from horror movies from mm-hmm. when they go do the Batman, and the rest of it's just like, hey, no, I just think we need to go with this quality of movie and get like an it style movie, which I thought was a again great movie. Um, picked act, a great actor for it for one. The thing that I want to throw out there here at the end, okay, and this is pretty much Wonder Woman because I saw an article on Screen Rant for it was basically Patty Jenkins, I think is her name, was the director of um, Wonder Woman, yeah. She had come out and said that Wonder Woman 2 could is going to be drastic. Like, it's going to be a drastic change to Wonder Woman 1. Yeah. So, which, I don't know really. Like, that's just a headline I was reading as uh, I was writing through. But I don't really know how to take that as a headline on its own, whether good or bad. However, Wonder Woman was really good, and I loved it. So, I'm assuming... It's going to be just as good. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you guys think down below. What do you think of Walter Hamada being the new president of the DCEU? What do you expect? There's going to be changes. What do you expect to change with Hamada is the new president and Jeff Johns as the chief creative officer? Let us know what you guys think down below. But, Johnny, let's move on into our next time. We're actually, we're not moving. We're just kind of sh- shifting sl- over. As I said earlier, slide to the left. Yeah, and the part that gets cut at the end of every one because we kind of redo the intro. Slide to the left. And we're staying in the DCEU, moving over a little bit into Bat Family territory. Bat Fam. There was a tweet that was sent out. The exact date was actually yesterday, January 6th. At um, from Queens, New York at 7.41 a.m. So I don't know what she's doing that early in the morning, obviously, thinking about this. But here's Apparently. here's what I'm going to ask you. Yeah. Is Lindsay Lohan, yes, you heard me correctly, <laughs> Lindsay, Lindsay Lohan, Lohan had um, basically said she wants to be Batgirl. And here's what I want to ask you, Johnny, mm-hmm. is so the tweet said, RT, which is retweet, retweet if I should star... In the new Batgirl movie, and everyone tell at Joss. Kissy face emoji, heart emoji. I want to ask you this basic question. Should DC cast Lindsay Lohan as Batgirl? Well, I believe you brought someone else up to the table we're gonna, we're before gonna bring, this. We're going to bring them later if it's who I'm 
thinking of. Yeah. The other article that I sent you. Yeah. Um, honestly, I haven't seen her in anything major in quite a long time. She's usually in t- like, TV. Like, she shows stuck now. to TV now because yeah. of her her sketchy past that yeah. has uh, caught up with her acting career, basically. Yeah. Scary Movie 5 was the last thing I've probably mm-hmm. seen her in. Um, everything else has been TV series. Mean Girls. The last actual movie she was in was The Canyons in 2013. Yeah, the last I'm just saying the last one I saw her in was 2013. Yeah, well, with Scary oh, Movie she 5. Was in, she was in Machete? Was she in Machete? That's she was in Machete, you're right. But I it didn't was know 2010. She was, I didn't know she was Anyways, in Machete. Anyways, back to the actual uh, Yeah, should she be Batgirl? <laughs> Not to be mean, but no. I feel like honestly, the one person that we brought up earlier, mm-hmm. there's many reasons why to go with a younger actress. Mm-hmm. And do you want me to spoil the name or are you going to do it? Go ahead. Um, Haley Steinfeld is the one mm-hmm. that you brought up earlier. And the reason By I By the say- way, Brandon loves Haley Steinfeld. He has, so said, you told me. he has said on numerous That's What I Thinks mm-hmm. that if she's looking for... There was one where he was talking about um, she invited, like, um, the I can't remember the kid's name, who was bullied to the premiere of Pitch Perfect. And he said, if he declines, I will gladly go with you. <laughs> like that is how much. Like it is on the record that Brandon's in love with Haley Steinfeld. Okay, well, that's good to know. <laughs> it's, a, it's everyone's uh, PSA for the week. Oh, there Brandon you go. loves Haley Brandon Steinfeld. Loves- but I digress. Continue on. Yeah, the only reason I say that is because if you want to keep the Bat family going for a while, mm-hmm. you want to, you want someone that's going to like at least progress with the age. Age well. Plus, she's also around that age anyways. Mm-hmm. At least what they DC seems to be doing with age is with everyone. Yeah. She's around the Batgirl's age. Am I correct? Or close to? Well, the thing that from the last thing I heard about the Joss Whedon Batgirl movie is apparently, unless things have changed drastically, his idea for the script is a high school Batgirl, a okay. Barbara Gordon who is in, so this is pre-Oracle, this is pre-Wheelchair. Yeah. This is basically an origin story, I'm assuming, in for sense, Batgirl yeah. to where she is in high school. It is like, the way I had it described to me is, think of like high school drama, but a superhero film. Yeah. And that's basically where you're looking at Lindsay Lohan, where she's <laughs> 31 right now, going to turn 32 in July. This movie... Not this is in like pre-production, so yes, we don't exactly. even know if this is going to be 2019, 2020. Let's say it is 2020. It's that far down the line. Yeah, that means you're turning 32 in 2018. You'll be 34 by the time this movie comes out. Exactly. So my thought would be, why don't you go someone that's already right now closer to that girl's age? Mm-hmm. And I would go with someone at least in the same age range is Haley Steinfeld. It doesn't have to be her specifically, yeah. but you brought her up because you said someone had an article out there about Screen her. Screen Rants does have an article where earlier, like a month ago, yeah. we, didn't, we didn't talk about it only because I didn't think that, I didn't think it was a hot button issue back then. Like Haley Steinfeld's one of those oh, ones where- Oh, but it is now. She, well, no, no, no. She's big. <laughs> it's it was I was making a joke. She's big right now. But it was like, you know what? The Batgirl movie, no one's even thinking about it. But when Lindsay Lohan comes out and says, I want to be Batgirl, I'm sorry. That's a little bit more newsworthy yeah. um, in that sense, only because of the name in general. And yes, yeah. that name is partly because of her movies plus of her off-the-screen issues yeah. that she has had, and that was put into the limelight. But 
that was this article was December seventeenth when Haley Steinfeld um, would, said she'd love to play um, Batgirl. You're looking at an actress where she's 21. She's going to turn by the end of this year. So she recently turned 21 in early December. Yes. She's not going to be 22 until the end of this year. So let's use that same 2020 in retrospect. She could be either 22, 23 when the movie comes out. I'll take someone that's that because they could look more like a high schooler exactly. than a mid-30s actor. Actress, actor, yeah. Actress, pardon my, pardon, yes. pardon my miss up there. But, yeah, that's the big thing that plays into it to where I'm a little torn. I was a little torn coming into this because, like I told you, if they casted Lindsay Lohan as Batgirl, yeah. would I be, like, screaming from the mountaintops, this is a horrible move for DC to make? No, because, I mean— I wouldn't I mean, scream that either, no. I mean, I could see, I could see her— Pulling off the look of Barbara Gordon, the yeah, the hair she's got, the style. Um, the only thing that concerns me is the age. Yeah, like yeah, you can do things to make people appear younger, but usually when you're looking for a and the big thing in this, and this is whether this will change of, or not, if you're looking for Barbara to be in high school in this movie, don't cast someone who's in their mid thirties. Exactly, go with someone who's younger. However, I'll ask you, what if they did cast Lindsay Lohan? What would be your reaction to that? I would say that you're going to have some uh, obstacles with trying to make her look like she's in high school because mm-hmm. it's hard to make someone like you and well, not you as much as me, um, look like they're in high school again. Mr. Um, shave baby face yes, over I do. there. Well, I I'm even late 20s and I can pull it off. Yeah. So it depends on the person. Him, him, yes. Me, it's a little bit harder. I mean, I haven't shaved my beard. But is completely Lindsay off. Lohan one of those kind of people? I it's I mean, it's movie magic and they mm-hmm. can they can make people that are in their 30s True. look like they're in high school, but I feel like just go it's a lot easier and a lot less to do. Have some yeah, you have the bigger name, but mm-hmm. slight and have the slightly bigger name, but come on, I mean just have someone that's around that age. Do it because yeah. I mean, like, just like in higher Spider Man Homecoming, we had people in that age range in high school, mm-hmm. so it's not like someone who's 30 being a high school kid. And I'm looking right now, um, some of the and this is from the beginning of 2017, so take it with a grain of salt. But Screen Rant also came out with an article of 15 actresses who could play Batgirl. Because think about it, beginning of the year was when we got the oh. Batgirl, they want to do a Batgirl movie. Yeah. And I'm going through some of these names, and some of them are like um, Ellie Fanning. You've got, um, I'm trying to even see if I recognize any of these names. Anna Kendricks is on the list. I don't know how I'd feel about Anna Kendrick um, as Batgirl. I just, I'm not quite sure. You've got um, Natalie Emanuel. She played in. Game of Thrones. Mm. She was Daenerys's um, daughter, not daughter, oh. but the girl that was the translator for her when she was in Marine. Oh, um, okay, Daenerys. That's yeah, you said Daenerys. You've got um, Haley Steinfeld, who we've talked about, is on yeah. that list. You've got I don't know um, about Anna Kendrick either. I I wouldn't cast Anna Kendrick's in that role. Well, she's um, older than Emma Stone is number two, and then number one is Jane um, Levi. Um, from e- the Evil Dead remake. Okay. 
I don't know if any of these actresses would be, and I'll put this link down below so you guys can see the full list because I'll be completely honest. There are some of these where I'm like, off the top of my head, what were you in? Like there's Zoe Kravitz who played, she played Angel in X-Men First Class. So it's like I could maybe see her as it, but it also depends on what direction they want to go with Batgirl. Not just... Not just the sense of a thing of, okay, she's in high school, let's kind of get somebody who can do that as well, but the fact of, do they want to go traditional, we are going to go what is in the comics with Batgirl, and we are going to go with that look. So, like, I'm looking at it to where you've got the kind of just past shoulder length red hair, you've got the kind of high school look. Do we want to go with that or do we want to be bold and be like, yes, this is our version of Batgirl, whether that be casting someone who's who bends the race a little bit with Batgirl, who goes with a different area in that way. Or are they going to say, you know what, we're going directly what's on the comic book and that's the kind of Batgirl we want to portray in the movie. Yeah, you know what? Um, I was just looking up some of the mm-hmm. a- actresses that you and the, most of yeah, they're um around our age. Yeah, but I, like, I think again, the oldest I saw was thirty one, which is in the ballpark of Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of them are at least a little bit, at mm-hmm. least like just in their mid twenties right now. Yeah. Some of them are a little bit, a little bit older than us. I would mm-hmm. again, I would say no one older than us, honestly. Because yeah. you want someone who can you who you can have pull off high school, and yeah, there's some of these that mm-hmm. they do have a face that still looks Is like they young. could almost be in high school. But there are some of them like, yeah, can you or can you not? And I'm not saying like I don't care if like they do um, what they did with MJ and Spider-Man: Homecoming. Mm-hmm. I don't care if like where that was non-traditional. That's a perfect example. Yeah. of what I was trying to get at. That's in not what Mary Jane is in the comics. Exactly. Like, and, at all. And I don't care if they do that. It's more of, to me, if you're into do someone in high school, do someone around around I high mean, school they age. they did a similar thing Looking in Spider-Man in Homecoming with Flash Thompson. Yeah. Having his character be not the big white blonde jock that we're yeah, used he was to just, in the comics. Yeah, he was just a, kind of a bully. Yeah. He was more of a verbal abusive mm-hmm. bully. But uh, my thing is more so just like... Have them look like have someone that that can look that age. Mm-hmm. And no offense to Lizzie, uh, Lindsay Lohan. Thank you. You almost said Lizzie McGuire. I, said, I heard it. Oh uh, no, I just couldn't get Lindsay okay. out. You, uh, I, it sounded like you were gonna say Lizzie McGuire. No, which I just I was like get. completely. They were rivals at one Duff. time, but completely different actors. Um, no, because that's Hillary Duff. Yes. Um No, I just I couldn't get Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. I don't think. No offense to her. You can mm-hmm. make her look. Like she's in high school. Yeah. You want someone that can like literally pull it off and say, Mm -hmm. shit, I thought they were of high school age. The one thing that I'm also thinking about, and I had to look up what else Haley Steinfeld has been in. Yeah. Because another thing you're looking at, and this goes into, if you're going to go with someone who I'm going to say is like 25. Yeah. And because like there were some, I think it was, oh, what am I thinking of? Um, Regina George from Mean Girls. I believe that actress, when she was in Mean Girls, was 25, if my math serves me correct. But the point I'm trying to make is if you're going to go with someone who, okay, we're going to go with someone who's early 20s. Mm-hmm. 
you also got to play the weight of do we want to go with someone who's inexperienced where it's like this is your first breakout role and we're basically debuting you yeah. as an actress or do you want to say hey we're going to go with someone because like I'm looking at Haley Steinfeld she's in Pitch Perfect 1 in Pitch Perfect 2 she's going to be in the Bumblebee movie yep. that you and I are going to see at the end of the year, she was in Edge of Seventeen. She was in um, Ten Thousand Saints, Barely Legal. She was in Romeo and Juliet. She has a. She was in True Grit too. Early on in her career, she has these different things where it's like, okay, I have solidified myself to where if they said, hey, we're going to cast Haley Steinfeld, I don't think anyone would say this is her debut role, especially no, exactly. especially with how big the Pitch Perfect movies were just on their own. However, there's also the side of, like, Lindsay Lohan. Look at how much she has been in over her career to where is that going to play into it? Hey, we're going to go with a Lindsay Lohan over a Haley Steinfeld because we know, like, yes, if it's also a question of, like you said, have you kind of dealt with all the demons that you were dealing with and got your ducks in a row? Yeah. If that's the case... I mean, if you're weighing that and you want someone who's experienced, that would tip the scale into a Lindsay Lohan over someone who's in the early 20s or even someone like Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, that's true. Um, I still, if if I were DC, mm-hmm. that's usually you throw it on to me in that sense, but I'm yes. just going to throw it on myself this go time. Go ahead. I would go with the one that's younger, has maybe a little less to her name, but the one that I can pull off someone being in high school. I want to be able to trick the mm-hmm. people. Um, watching the movie and make them think this kid person is in high school still. Yes. I want to make them think we hired 17-year-olds, mm-hmm. 16-year-olds, 18-year-olds to play in this movie. Yeah, I'd be the same way. And the thing that I was just thinking of in the top of my head is just looking at the Justice League heroes alone, using them as my kind of base for everything. You look at the super the Superman heroes, so su- or the Justice League heroes. So I'm going to look at Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Aquaman, and Cyborg. First, I'm going to start with Superman because his was the kickoff of the DCEU. That's true. You look at a guy like Henry Cavill, mm-hmm. who was born in '83, so around this time he should be. He's about 13 years older than us. Yeah. So. Um, his first movie, let's see, before Man of Steel, he was in Immortals, he was in Battle Creek. I'm looking at movies, nothing too big. Basically, being Superman made Henry Cavill what he is today because he's been able to be seven years older than seven years older than I don't know. My math is wrong. That's why I have you here. Seven <laughs> like, years. wait, wait, no, 13's a bit much. That's right, because we're born no, in no, 90. No. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> you I gotta go back. I, I messed that up. So you don't need the three there. You know what? <laughs> you, don't, you don't carry the three. <laughs> the reason why the reason why I knew I messed up too was I said 13 years old. And then in my head, I'm like, that would make him about 43. That don't sound right, but I'm going to move on. Like in my head, I'm like, just don't say the age and move on. But okay, seven years older, <laughs> which want, makes him. get this together. Makes him. So right now. That makes him about, so I'm going to be 30, I'm going to be 28. Wow, yeah, 28, 30. not 30. I'm going to be uh, 28. So with seven years, give or take, maybe like 30, 30. He'd be 35. 
but then think seven years. He's 35. Ta- but then take ish. seven years away from that because, or four years away from that. So 31 was when they casted him for Man of Steel. Exactly. But, however, a new, not newer, but a breakout role for him. Gal Gadot, I would put in another one of those where, yes, she was in something. She was in uh, Fast and the Furious and Furious 7. But I would say Breakout Wonder Woman is. kind of just she was in Entourage too. That was very early on in her career. But Wonder Woman is what really just pushed her over the edge. And she's eighty five, so she's two years younger than Henry Cavill. Then you have um, er, um, Ezra Miller who played the Flash. He's a guy who's two years younger than us to play the Flash. And he's a guy that he yeah, okay, so he was a little bit of I'm gonna play the little like fringe card there. Yeah. Because he was known for like um I think it was perks of being a wallflower. Um and he was in other things mm-hmm. leading up to this. His career was picking up and yeah. then he jumped on as the flash. The two big ones, I mean, before I get into those, Ray Fisher, where He's probably the most like, let's pick up someone who's not known at all. Because, I mean, I look at it before Justice, before BVS, he was in The Astronaut Wives Club and The Good, The Bad, and The Confused, a TV series and a short. Batman v Superman, John of Justice was technically his debut. And then Mm. Justice League was his first full debut. Like in Batman v Superman, the only thing we saw was the clip. Whereas Justice League was his first ever. His breakout. Yeah. And I'm like the newest. However, the two big name actors that I would say they got, and the only two I would say they got, which were like bigger than all the rest, Ben Affleck coming in. He's a guy. Ben Affleck would be like your Lindsay Lohan, where it's like, I know who Ben Affleck is. Exactly. I know him from a lot of different movies, mainly with Matt Damon. And the other one being Jason Momoa. But it was only Jason, like Jason Momoa is only on that list because of Game of Thrones. Exactly. But like, there's kind of a mix in there. So am I saying Lindsay Lohan, no, not going to be Batgirl, get her out of the way. I wouldn't be surprised if DC did that. However, I think I would lean a little bit away. If you're giving me the choice, here's the thing we'll do. Yeah. Because we have two actresses. That have said, and I actually found out Haley Steinfeld said it in an MTV News interview promoting Pitch Perfect 3, where she was asked, um, would she be open to taking a superhero role, where she said, yes, absolutely, definitely on my bucket list. And then she played Koi, but she did confirm she would love to play Batgirl mm-hmm. when asked about the role in particular. To end this, I'm going to ask you, I'll ask it, I'll answer it first. If I'm picking between Lindsay Lohan and Haley Steinfeld, I'm picking Haley Steinfeld. How about you? I'm backing you on that one. I would go Haley Steinfeld. Like I said, I know I've preached it a few times in this one now. Mm-hmm. I'd go someone who can act, like not act the age, but literally yeah. look the part. Look and act the the age more. Yeah. I'm sorry, Lindsay Lohan, but she's is kind of a, 20 years she, removed from being a teenager. Yeah. Give or take. Yeah, approximately. Because mm-hmm. I, I go. 35 maybe when this movie comes out. Yeah, I would go with the one that is more looks and is closer to the age of a teenager because it's mm-hmm. easier for her to pull it off then. And the young she did she just literally she just got out of the age. Yeah. So No, she did. And literally 
I mean, Gal Gadot might be the one, but I mean, even Henry Cavill, it was, yes, he was 31 when Man of Steel came out, mm-hmm. but that's when Man of Steel came out. Yeah. Like, Lindsay Lohan's 31 now. However, the thing that's a flip side there is Superman's not a character where it's like, shit, we need him to be young. No, exactly. We it's, needed him in that 30-ish range. And I mean, let's be completely honest. There's things where I'm hearing Man of Steel 2 might be the Kingdom Come storyline for oh, Superhero, really? which sees gray hair Superman. Which so I'm like, cool. Like we don't need you to be young. The youngest actor in there. We just need you to be able to stay the role for a while. But yeah. with Batgirl, yeah, I think a little younger. I wanna turn it on to you guys though. We have talked enough about this. You guys let us know what you guys think down below. First off, what do you think if Lindsay Lohan became Batgirl? What were your thoughts beyond that? And then number two. Between Haley Steinfeld and Wonder, uh, not Wonder Woman, Haley Steinfeld and Lindsay Lohan, who would you pick to be Batgirl? And if you're like, nah, I don't want either of those, let us know some of the actresses you would want down below in the comment section. But Johnny, let's move on into our final topic. And this is where we are finally moving into your world, your realm, the world of Marvel. We're moving out of DC. We're going into Marvel. And what we're looking at today is basically the Daredevil TV series. We've had Daredevil season one and two, Jessica Jones season one, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, the Defenders already. And this year we're supposed to get Jessica Jones season two, supposed to get Heroes for Hire season one, and then Daredevil season three. And even though dates aren't released, they're probably going to release in that order. Jessica Jones, uh, Heroes for Hire, and then Daredevil. Daredevil The thing I want to look at is basically the villain for this because they're first off spoilers. If you haven't been caught up through the defenders, at least, yeah, then I probably wouldn't watch this and come back to it because there will be a spoiler for the defenders. However, we're looking at the villain. And basically right now, the question I'm going to ask is Kingpin. Will Kingpin be the only villain? Because from what we know, Daredevil season two, yes, there was a little bit of Kingpin, but there was also the hand was the yes. big villain of season two. They're dead. Yes, they are. They're all dead. Basically, the, the hand is out. The defenders defeated them. So I want to ask you, you're now the showrunner for De- Yay, Daredevil. Wait, Congratulations. Wait, what? Oh, shit. what would you do for season three? Because apparently the rumors are that. They're going to go more of a born-again storyline, a more the Murdoch paper storyline, where it could be heavily Kingpin-focused. But would you make Kingpin the only villain for Daredevil Season 3? The only villain, no. I would make him one of the main focuses, though. Mm-hmm. What I would do is kind of have him um, rising, the, like you, like we talked about before the podcast. Um, rising would, to power? Rising back. I would say back to power. Okay. Because he's got to take all that shit back now. He's mm-hmm. lost almost everything. Yeah. And in doing so, he's gra- grabbing, like, at least it, even if it's at straws at first, of, mm-hmm. I'm going to destroy Matt Murdock. For yeah. putting me back here. And here's the other thing now. Um, you brought up the Murdoch files, right? Mm-hmm. A base, loose basis on that because what it is. Why don't you tell them real quick what it is? It's synopsis. So the Murdoch papers is basically while Kingpin was in prison, yeah. he had thought to have like, oh, I know who Daredevil is. And he called them the Murdoch papers. So it's basically the storyline of Kingpin learning that. Matt Murdock is Daredevil, 
and then threatening and working a deal with the FBI to I'll let you know who the hell who's who's the, the angel, devil of hell's devil kitchen. Devil of hell's kitchen. I'll let you know that you let me out, and he's able to work a deal with the FBI where he gets out with more power than he originally had, plus more money. Because what it would be is that it would um, Matt Murdock's. Um, testimony, not just testimony, but what is it? Um, his testimony. His testimony as a lawyer. Because what they're thinking is in the series, in the season, could they make it to where Matt Murdock is not present at the trial for some reason because of maybe something that happened while he was being Daredevil? Yep. And because he wasn't present at the trial, Kingpin was able to get off and that gets him out because well, he did threaten Matt Murdock. To where he's going to come after him and Foggy. Um, Foggy because they put him behind bars. Well, here's the thing now is um, Foggy doesn't work with, um, with yeah, Matt anymore. Yeah, it's not Nelson and Murdoch anymore. anymore. And unless Foggy decides to take up um, the case, uh-huh. Murdoch's missing. He's presumed dead at the moment. Yeah. As the season ends, and we already warned you about spoilers, so I'm not mm-hmm. worried about that anymore. Yeah. Um, so he's pre- like right now he's presumed dead. So mm-hmm. unless he makes his comeback— Really early in the season, basically, the case is almost null and void at this mm-hmm. point. Unless, again, like we said, someone comes and takes it up and a good lawyer, or else we're just going to have a uh, an attorney come and just say, "Hey, I'm going to." They could get like a botched attorney, or even hell, um, he's got a little bit of money left over. He can just get like someone he wants in there to fudge the case. And that's one of the things, I mean, we have heard, we watched um, Emergency Awesome talk about this before the podcast. And what he mentioned, and this is one thing I wanted to bring up, was now that the hand is dead, Mm -hmm. basically it, it creates the problem, not the problem, but a situation for opportunity to where if Kingpin wanted to, there are thugs, there's money, there's an opportunity to... You work for me now. Yes. Now, the thing that I'm also looking at is it creates the opportunity for another influence to be brought up into kind of this whole world. And I don't know if you make it to where Kingpin's that only opportunity. He's able to get out because Matt Murdock is dead. Let's be honest. If there's a Daredevil season three, Matt Murdock's coming back. But... It's you look at it is will Kingpin be the one to take over those thugs? That's where he gets some of his muscle. That's how he rises the power and where we get because right now we don't have the true version of Kingpin. No, not yet. Not at least not the one we know. I really think by the end of season three, I think by the end of season three, we get that true comic book. Like white, white suit. suit, Kane, King, like he is the Kingpin. mastermind of Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. What I wouldn't be surprised, and this is, I'm going to throw, I am going to throw a little bit of a curveball at you. Okay. You ready for this one? Okay. What if we saw the villain, and I don't know if you're familiar with this, you're more of the Marvel guy than I am. Do you know who's Death's Head? Do you remember who that is? Do you want to know his alter ego? Go ahead. Dr. Paxton Page. Hmm. What if we get, because here's another thing. I saw this. In an article that apparently they're toying with the idea of a Karen Page spinoff. Oh, okay. Which I thought completely horrible idea. Don't give me – like Karen Page to me is not a person that you give an entire season to. Mm -mm. She is somebody that 
is on like in the Punisher. She's in Daredevil. And what kind of a twist would it be to or okay, most of the season Matt Murdock is away and presumed dead. Kingpin's coming to power. We need another storyline. What if they throw in this where it's basically you have Death's head come back, her father, and you're dealing with that, where she's dealing with her past. Maybe, like, I'm going to be completely honest, maybe make her an interesting character to me again. Yeah. Because right now I'm not that interested in the character of Karen Page. She kind of seems like someone that's there just to be an outside voice to some of the other characters and move the story along for the Punisher. But what do you think about that? Maybe bringing in someone like that who then Daredevil has to clean up that before he can go after Kingpin that when he's or, officially back. That or we discussed it. Um, Bullseye? Bull, I think Bullseye is the main. If you're going strict Daredevil villain, he's got to be the one. Well, there's that, and there's one we kind of introduced in, I think it was Jessica Jones. Purple Man? No, he's dead, remember? That's right. That's right. Nuke. Okay. With the little blue pill? Yes. We introduced him. Completely, he's completely a, forgot about exactly. him. Exactly. Apparently, he's a villain, and at the end of that season, I believe mm-hmm. he decides to join up again with his unit, mm-hmm. which, I mean- Because you're talking- Jessica Jones season, obviously season, season one. one. Yeah, the only Jessica Jones we have. Yeah, so far, and um, I think that would be another interesting one to throw in there. Mm-hmm. Is just because it. I looked up villains for Daredevil, and yeah. Nuke is one of them. That would be an interesting fight right there. It would be just because it's someone that Jessica Jones knows, mm-hmm. someone that her sister, in a sense, her best friend, mm-hmm. um, was having a relationship with. Yeah. I think that would be an interesting fight and an interesting crossover type thing if they want to go about that. I, you know... Because they do cross them over a lot. Yeah. Even without making them crossover seasons. And the thing that I wonder is, maybe I even asked this question, maybe I should have asked this at the beginning, is if Kingpin is the only villain, can they make a season, a 13-episode season... That's entertaining with him as the only villain. Do we I think need, it'd be hard to do, do that. Do we need to add another villain? I feel like and it like it doesn't need to be huge roles all the mm-hmm. time. It just needs to be like the big lying story of the like the big focus of mm-hmm. one villain is Kingpin story. And we are still going to have the Daredevil story as well of Mur- Matt Murdock coming back to everything. Whatever happened between him and Elektra. Obviously, we need to have that in there. Then you have Kingpin's like like they were doing the other. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was season two. Kingpin's side story as well as Daredevil's side story. And they were yeah. like flipping around in between them. What we're going to have to do is like maybe have some Daredevil coming back and um Dealing with Bullseye at one point, or dealing mm-hmm. with, and I don't know why it sounds weird for when I, every time I say that name. Mm-hmm. Um, new, him, maybe an episode, like I said, him dealing with Nuke. Nuke just losing it in the streets and having to fight him. and mm-hmm. Because he doesn't know who Daredevil is, like the rest of the d- defenders do. Yeah. he's Nuke's just a guy going on a rampage because he took a blue pill, and to Nuke... Um, Daredevil's just a vi- another vigilante doing mm-hmm. whatever the hell he wants. He doesn't want shit like that anymore because of what happened with him and the Purple Man. Yeah, and I and that's the thing it comes down to. I think there needs to be a little bit of breakup in there. Well, not a little bit of breakup. There needs to be the guy where while we're dealing with the Kingpin, like rising, getting back up. out of and rising back up. There needs to be that guy that gives us the 
brute, not brute force, but like the I'm Daredevil's going mano y mano with this person. Yeah. And fighting the streets. Kind of like Punisher in season two. Or I wanted to ask, do we get now because the hand is virtually dead? Yes. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here. um, Is. I don't know. Is there? Do you think there's any chance they bring Elektra back in some way? I think she's going to be back. You think so? Because yeah. the the other character I was looking at is if they didn't want to go Elektra, which I don't know why they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Elektra's a famous character for Daredevil. Yeah, is Typhoid Mary? Yeah, and for two reasons why I think that she can basically be kind of mapped into this is. Number one, I'll give you why, and then I'll give you why not um, afterwards, because there's a big reason why I think she could not be in this. But the reason why is, number one, former lover of Daredevil. Hmm. She would give, it would give another kind of like, wow, Daredevil doesn't have just one. Because we've already played on the Elektra, Matt Murdock love strings, basically. Yeah. And this would give... A different version. It would give a different character in there because it's not just is she because Electro is very I'm trained by the hand. We have similar skills, similar. I have a similar set of skills to quote Liam Neeson to be exactly. Whereas Typhoid Mary would give a similar like, yeah, we're former lovers, but also she has powers like telekinesis. To where it would give a different kind of fight for Daredevil. Also, she's mentally ill. So you can play with that in there as well. But also, she's she is a pawn of Kingpin. Kingpin loves to use her for his own gain. And she really, like, it's the love-hate between her and Daredevil. She's one that I could see being thrown in there. However, like I said... With the whole thing with her having powers and basically, basically she's a mutant. Yeah. Can can Marvel do her right now or would they have to wait until the Fox um, Disney deal is in set? Because I don't know, because she's a mutant, I don't know if she falls on the side of X-Men or if it's like, hey, you know what, she's a daredevil villain they would be able to use her, but they couldn't say mutant. Maybe that's why they're waiting to put in Daredevil last in that mm-hmm. sequence, too, because maybe that by that time it should all be, like, set to come through. That's the thing, though. Like, let's say let's say Daredevil, like we're thinking, is going to come out late fall. Yeah. You got to film. Like, and they're already, I think, filming to where I don't think you would be able to add her. Now, do I think they add her? No. I think they completely scrap it. We're not going to—we're not even going to do that, but— I think she would be an interesting character, maybe for the too. future. Yeah. Like, because you get that love-hate. She's a—maybe she's one where after Kingpin is in power and it's a season four type thing, she's a character you introduce. Yeah, I mean, this would be a great season to put her in, but mm-hmm. I can—and I, this is a—I'll I'll set it up in a minute. It's, it would be also work maybe season four mm-hmm. of Daredevil, if we get, even get to go that far. Hopefully mm-hmm. we do. Um now would be a great time to do it because he may, he doesn't know like he ju- we don't know what happened to Electra at all. Yeah, he wakes up and he's in what would you say it was a uh, monastery? Yeah, he wakes up in a monastery, injured in a bed. Mm-hmm. We don't know what happened to Electra, and my guess is he doesn't know either. Yeah, 
So he could, for all he knows, she could be dead. So eventually, when he makes his way back to New York, makes his way back to his life in Hell's Kitchen, grieves with her being dead, yada, yada, yada. New love interest, like just trying to make get his life back together. This is her. She's got a second side to her. She's Typhoid Mary. Mm-hmm. Maybe. So basically, Typhoid Mary is Electra, is what you're saying. In a sense. Or was it Typhoid Mary tricking him? Is that what you're saying? No, this is this is new love interest now mm-hmm. because Electra's dead and gone yeah. in his mind so okay. far. This is his new I his, get what his you're moving saying. on. I get what you're saying. And he, he dates a girl this season. She becomes Typhoid Mary in the future, or even now, like mm-hmm. she. It's a it's a double life. She doesn't let just like he doesn't let anyone know he's Daredevil. True. She doesn't let him know that she's Typhoid Mary. True. And so, uh, that's just one interesting way to throw her in there. Let me throw out another one. Okay. And this one could be another stab at the dark, but I want to throw it out there anyways. Is Silvermane, and Silvermane. so Silvermane, nicknamed Silvermane for his near white hair is a professional criminal originally from um, Sicil- from Italy, Sicily, um, that started his criminal career as a racketeer in the Magia, I hope I said that right, probably didn't, organized crime group eventually becoming a criminal organizer and mastermind. Basically, so in the comics, it's the... Uh, Magia, Magia, whatever you want to say it, M A G G I A. Mm-hmm. I can't pronounce it correctly. They took over Hydra. Okay. Tried to take over organized crime in New York. That's the basic. There's what it is. Yeah. What if they bring him into it to where it's basically while Kingpin's trying to rise to power because the hand's no longer there, someone needs to step in. Kingpin comes up. What, wait a second. There's somebody else. There's another crime family trying to. Take that power. Kingpin's not the only one that's probably trying to take that power. Yeah. So that could be, you know what, let's add them into it. And then we can play off into a silver main later into it. Because I know, and the thing with all of these villains is especially with Daredevil, because Daredevil and Spider Man are both in New York. Yep. There's a lot of Spider Man, Daredevil villains that cross over, like Kingpin is also a Spider-Man villain. Yes, he is. So there's a lot of that going on as well. But that's one that I thought of not necessarily yes to him immediately, but kind of refer to that with, hey, Kingpin's not probably the only one trying to gain power now that the hand That'd is no longer there. That'd be an no interesting one there. for like the Kingpin side of the story. Mm-hmm. That way it's not just Kingpin rising to power. Yeah, it's, it's not King- just Kingpin. It's Kingpin and someone else. Yeah, someone like, okay, I'm going to have to basically like – do my kingpin stuff on this guy. Yeah. If that doesn't work, I can just beat the shit <laughs> out of him. Gotta do my kingpin stuff on this guy, man. Well, if not, he can just beat the shit out of him like he, he almost did Daredevil the one mm-hmm. time. Well, that's the thing I liked about season one yeah. of Daredevil, how brutal kingpin was. Yes. Like, I remember the put the put the guy in the uh, car door and just right there, Boom. or Boom. there was one where it's Boom. like, I'm going to take your hand and put it right on the fence. Yeah. I still remember that one. That one kind of shook me a little bit. Um, that's a good thing. Oh, is they've made him Fisk ruthless. is brutal. They made him ruthless. Yeah, no, he was f- f- freaking brutal. Any final villains you think that they could add season, um, season three? Not, not that I can think of hand, but it would be kind of cool. Uh, remember from 
and this is probably pulling stuff that they're not going to pull from. Okay. Spider-Man, um, the an animated series we used to watch as kids. Yeah, the 90s. Remember uh, Smythe, his no, assistant? I don't. Pulling some storyline from him? Maybe. And from him and his uh, son, I believe, are the hmm. two that uh, that he ties in with. This would be more so when he actually kind of rises to power at that yeah. point. Yeah. Because he would have the assistant, and yeah. he would be true kingpin. Like, yeah. we haven't gotten But that'd be cool to eventually kingpin. start throwing in there some of that storyline with him and Smythe and mm-hmm. all that stuff. You know what? Now that you're saying it, I'd have to look—I'm going to look it up on YouTube after this. Yes. Because I'm trying to think—I I recently, too, did watch an episode of that Spider-Man. I think it was— it was the Venom one. Okay. Because it was the one with the bell, and it rings, oh, yeah. and then it comes off of Eddie Brock, and— yeah goes away that's the episode that i watched recently but final thoughts i think that um, was my i think i already asked you final thoughts. yeah no so final thoughts that's, that's about it i just wanted to throw that one out there and this is like i said this is more that would be more of a yeah. season four though but let us know what you guys think down below what do you think they're gonna do with season three will kingpin be the only villain will we be surprised with someone let us know what you guys think for daredevil season three down below in the comment section. But that is going to do it for the Rick and Johnny podcast. A little bit of housekeeping here at the end. Number one, if you loved what we do here on the podcast, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most available podcast. We have different tiers for you to help support us. Make sure that we can do the things that we love to do for you guys. At the $10 tier, you want to join a Rick and Johnny podcast, you can join the $10 tier. Be on a podcast each and every month. You are at that tier. Also, we're selling MVP t-shirts, getting a couple of them out the door. 22 bucks, including shipping. All that information is available in the description. And then last but not least, mostvaluablepodcast.com. Check it out if you have not. And if you're on iTunes, you have an iTunes account, please go and give the Rick and Johnny podcast a five-star rating. And if you listen to the Onside Kick the Brown Dime podcast in the fast break, Go ahead and give us a five-star rating there as well. I want to thank you guys for either watching and or listening. Johnny and I will be back next week. But as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.